12 rounds is a long time to stay on your feet. It feels like a lifetime. But you've trained, you've conditioned, you've put in the work, you've sacrificed, and you've pushed. You've taken some hard hits, and you've thrown a few of your own. You've been against the ropes, and you've fought your way out. But eventually, you get knocked down, and you feel like throwing in the towel, and the 10 count starts. One, two, but with 12 rounds, there's still time for a comeback. So if you have your Bibles or electronic devices, you can turn with me or click click or turn to Genesis chapter 40 is where we're going to be this morning. Um, if you don't have a Bible or electronic device, then no worries. The, uh, the, the verses are going to come up on the side screens as, as, I, as I read them. And, and so the title of this message this morning is, is like the comeback. In other words, Joseph's life is a comeback story. Joseph's life, if, you, if you've been journeying with us through Joseph's life, and we started this series a couple of weeks ago, then we've been just taking uh, uh, different segments of his life and looking at the issue of his life. And so Joseph was raised in a dysfunctional family. He was raised in an imperfect family. And if we're honest, all of us are, have been raised in an imperfect family. All of us are raised in a dysfunctional family at some extent. And so the good news for us is this, is Joseph's story proves that guess what? You can overcome a dysfunctional family. You can overcome an imperfect family. And in fact is what the scriptures teach us and, and, and what we know is this, is that, that, that you and I can, can o- not only overcome an imperfect family, but an imperfect family will not keep you from fulfilling the promises that God has given you or the destiny that, that God has given you or the plans that God has for you. And so this morning, I, I, I want to talk to you about this issue of difficulty. I'm going to pick up the story in Joseph's life when Joseph's like going through difficulty. And there's something about difficulty, right? There's something about difficulty that re- reveals to us who we really are. There's something about difficulty sometimes that builds something in us. fact is, many times when, when we go through difficulty, if, if you're like me, you, you start praying, right? God, just deliver us from difficulty. Just take us out of difficulty. Uh, but many times what God wants to do is not deliver us from difficulty or take us out of difficulty, but God wants to do something in us through difficulty. In other words, God wants to develop something in us through difficulty. God wants to build something through us in, in difficulty. That a lot of times when you and I go through difficulty, even though we may not understand it, it's for our good. In other words, it's to build something in us, is to develop something. When you look at Joseph's life, you realize that that without difficulty and without him maturing and God building something in his life, he would have never been able to fulfill what God had called him to do. There were some things in Joseph's life that needed to go. There were some attitudes and some actions that needed to change. And so if you're here this morning and say, you know what, I'm, I'm like walking through difficulty right now. I mean, whether, whether it's difficulty with, with your mate, with a, with, with a marriage, with a, your job, with your school, whether it's difficulty at home, with your children, uh, your health, and and you're, and you're at that point where you think, you know what, I just don't know that I can take it anymore. Uh, I, just, I just need to give up and like, like call it quits because, listen, we've all experienced difficulty, right? And we've all experienced di- uh, difficulty and discouragement at some point in our life to where we have that loss of enthusiasm or that loss of passion or for, for life. And then it can lead to despair. It can lead to despair about the future. How am I going to get through this? How am I even going to survive this? And so in, in those seasons of life, we can suffer. 
We can suffer low self-esteem. We can suffer discouragement and all of those emotions that come along with that. But it's important for us to understand that when you and I go through difficulty, that we have to stay faithful. We have to persevere. See, this, this is Joseph's story. This is Joseph's story. I mean, all the way through his story, you see, in some of the, the lowest points of his life, it says Joseph was faithful. Joseph was faithful. And the Lord was with him. And the Lord was with him. So regardless of what you and I walk through, and God is with us. And God cares deeply for us. And so Joseph came to this place. To, he, learned how to, he learned how to handle difficulty. In other words, when I went through one of my deepest seasons of discouragement and difficulty, you know what I learned? I learned that I didn't have a theology of suffering. I had a, de- a theology of inconvenience, right? You ever notice that in life until you really suffer, until you really go through difficult times? Uh, you think inconvenience is, like, is like, like suffering, and then all of a sudden you go through difficulty, and you go, oh, this is what difficulty is like. And then you have to build a theology of suffering. You have to build a theology of discouragement. So, so Joseph does that. And so I just want to give you four things this morning. That if, you, that if you're walking through difficulty, if you're walking through difficult times, there's four things, four things that you and I have to love. I, I realize that just as a pastor and, and been doing this for so long, that even, even, on, even on Mother's Day, there can be mixed emotions in this room, right? For some of you, it is like a perfect day. Your kids have already, you know, risen and called you blessed and made breakfast for you. And, and so for you, it is, like, it, is like, it is like a perfect day. But I also know that for some of you, man, it's less than perfect. And there's some, there's some real emotion, whether it's the, whether it's the loss of a mom, a loss of a child, whether it's loss of health, whether it's the strained relationships and difficult relationships. And so this morning, I, I just want to talk to you about this issue of difficulty. And I want to talk to you about how do you manage, how do you make it through difficulty when you go through those difficult seasons of life and you have real questions. Four things that you and I need to love. The first one is this. You have to love faithfulness. In other words, you have to come to the place and you, to where you, you love faithfulness. See, see, this was Joseph. Joseph was discouraged. Joseph was going through hurt. Joseph was going through pain. And yet, yet all of a sudden you see in Joseph's life that even in the midst of difficulty, even in the midst of discouragement, that Joseph kept performing his duty to the best of his ability. He kept using his spiritual gifts. He kept using the gifts God had given him. He never quit. I mean, he just, he just continued. And so, so there's, there's a phrase that was found in a in a parsonage of a, of a church in England here a while back. It's, it was an old church. It had been abandoned for many years. It was like on the coast. And, and so it was, it, 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 there was a lot of history in this church. And so they, they decided that, you know what, we need to restore this church and, and because this church has a lot of history. And so they go in. They begin restoring the church. They, they go to the parsonage where, where the pastor lived. And so they're, they're going through a bunch of old records, and they're, they're, you know, they're, they're remodeling. And all of a sudden, they came to a place in the, in the pastor's study, and he, he, had inscribed, he had inscribed on the wall just simply four words. And the four words were, do the next thing. Just do the next thing. I cannot think of a more practical or a simple phrase that brings peace, that reduces stress, that reduces anxiety in your life, that when you go through difficulty, just learn to do the next thing. 
Just say, you know what, God, I'm just going to do the next thing. I'm going to remain faithful to you. I'm going to do the next thing that you give me, and I'm going to do the next thing, and I'm going to do the next thing, and I'm going to do the next thing. And I'm telling you, you can do the next thing right out of your struggle. You can do the next thing right out of your difficulty. In other words, this, the most dangerous thing for us to do is to become paralyzed to where we're, we're no longer love faithfulness because we just, we just like, we just like, we just like get, get, get stuck. And so when you, when you look at Joseph, you realize that Joseph was one of these guys that when difficulty hit, when strained relationships hit, Joseph was that guy that not only loved faithfulness, Joseph was that guy that just simply, I mean, he just simply would do the next thing. Whatever God asked him to do, he would do the next thing, and he would leave the results up to God. Remember, Jesus was talking to his disciples, and he said that if you're going to follow me, there's going to be three things about your life, and that is this, you're, you're going to understand that your life is no longer your own. That you, you're going to learn that you've you got to give up your rights. And the second thing is this, is that, is that you must take up your cross. And, and, and then the third thing is this, and he says, and, and you must follow me. In other words, you must continue just to simply do the next thing. It was, it was Isaiah. In Isaiah, in, in Isaiah chapter 57, I think it is, uh, 57, 58, somewhere in there. Uh, but Isaiah is going through great difficulty in his life. And I mean, he, and, and he was do the next thing type of guy. And so all of a sudden, Isaiah just makes a statement that just so resonated with me in one of my seasons of, of difficulty and suffering. And Isaiah says, he says, I, I, will, I will not be discouraged. I will not be, uh, I will not, uh, be shamed. And then he made this state, statement. He says, and I will make my face like flint and I will keep walking. In other words, this, Isaiah came to the place and said, regardless of what I'm walking through, I'm going to make a commitment. I'm going to make a commitment, and I'm going to love faithfulness, and I'm, and I'm going to follow you, and I'm just going to do the next thing. When you look at Joseph's life, Joseph, and we're going to talk about it, unbelievable pain, unbelievable discouragement, and yet he continues, he continues to performing his duty. He continues to doing the next thing, even when he was unhappy about it, even when he didn't understand what was going on. Because, see, here's the crazy thing. When you and I go through difficulty, when you and I go through the wilderness, so many times the biggest temptation that, that, that rises up in, the, in, in our life is this temptation to say, you know what, I'm just going to pull back. And you know what, if this is the way it ends up, I'm not going to continue to do the next thing. I'm just going to pull back. I'm, I'm, I'm going to quit. I'm, I'm, I'm going to call in sick. I'm going to show up late. I'm going to walk away. Man, when, when you're discouraged and when you're going through difficulty, that is a real temptation. Listen, feelings, feelings you and I can't always control, but you know what we can control? We can control behavior. And here's what I'm learning. A lot of times feelings follow behavior. Behavior is something that we can control. And Joseph understood that. And Joseph just began doing the next thing. And, and Joseph, listen, Joseph had every right to say, you know what, I, I, I'm done. I'm done. I mean, I've had it up to here with Egypt. I've had it up to here with my family. I've had it up to here with my dad. I've had it up to here with all of my brothers. I've had it up to here with, with my family. Oh, and I've had it up to here with ministry. I mean, God, that ministry that you called me to, I've had it up to here. And I've even, Lord, I've even had it up to here with you. And if anybody could have said that, it may have been, it may have been Joseph, but Joseph didn't. I mean, Joseph kept doing the next step all the way through his circumstances. See, some, some of the bullet points about, about Joseph's life, like the first 30 years of his life, 
I mean, we, we walked through some of this together. I mean, Joseph, he, he, was, he was hated by his brothers. His brothers literally hated him. Uh, the reason they hated him, he was dad's favorite. Uh, Joseph got all the best of stuff. He got all the, the, the best of the compliments, the best of stuff. He got the easiest of chores around the house. Uh, Dad la laughed at Joseph's jokes harder than he laughed at anybody else's jokes. I mean, Joseph, listen, Joseph could do no wrong. And as a result of that, his brothers hated him. They were jealous of him, and they hated him. His brothers came to the point to where they decided, you know what, we're just going to end it. We're, gonna, we're, we're just going to kill him. And for whatever reason, after a group of discuss, uh, discussions that they had, they decided not to kill him. They decided, you know what, we'll just sell him in, into Egypt as, as a slave. And when you, when you look at Joseph's life, he immediately went from a, a pampered son of his, of his father to a slave. Everything changed in Joseph's life. And when you look at him, he was about 17 years old. Joseph didn't deserve that. I mean, he was just a kid. He was just a teenager. He, he, he didn't deserve any of that. And then once, once in Egypt, Joseph was doing the next thing because that's who Joseph was. And all of a sudden, he started doing the next thing, and, and, and he, he became the best slave that, that he could be. And, and Potiphar noticed him and started promoting him up, the, up in, the, in the ranks. The warden noticed him and gave him more and more responsibility. And then all of a sudden, just listen, just when it looked like, like there was this breath of fresh air and he was getting out of difficulty and things were turning around, all of a sudden, Potiphar's wife was attracted to him. Many of you know the story. She tried to seduce him uh, in, in, in her home. Joseph just, just, he was that faithful guy. And so he did the right thing. He, he ran out of the house, and he ran out of the house. Potiphar's wife gets, gets angry, and she falsely accuses him of rape and goes to Potiphar and tells him, and now Joseph goes. He did nothing wrong. He goes from being a slave, and when he thought it could not get any worse, all of a sudden it gets worse. And now he goes from a slave, and now he's like, like stuck in a, in, he's thrown in a prison. If you know anything about their, their prisons of their time, not like our prisons, all it was was simply like a hole in the ground. No electricity, no running water, no facilities, no windows, nothing. And now Joseph is there. I mean, when you look at Joseph's life, you realize you cannot get any lower than that. And so you would expect when we like step into the store and we pick up the story that Joseph would be like bitter. He'd just be a bitter, cynical person, bitter against God and bitter against people. And he said, like, like, God, is this the way you're going to treat the, the righteous? Is this the way you treat people that are, that, that are faithful? Uh, what about these dreams that I have? What about these promises that you put in my heart? Have, God, it, have you forgotten about me? You, you would expect, just expect, Joseph to totally withdraw from, from people. After all, it was people who had hurt him. His dad hurt him deeply. His family hurt him. His brothers hurt him. Potiphar's wife, like, destroyed him at that point. Potiphar hurt him. And now all of a sudden, he's about ready to go through a situation that a couple of other people are going to hurt him. I mean, Joseph could have been cynical and bitter. He could have developed that, that, like, like that saying, that slogan, that, that, that thought that, you know, hurt me once, shame on you. Hurt me twice, shame on me. Nobody's ever going to hurt me like that again. Joseph could have been that guy that just, just isolates. The most dangerous thing you and I can do, listen, let me tell you, the most dangerous thing you can do in difficulty and difficult circumstances to isolate. And Joseph could have been that guy that just developed a shell around him and says, you know what? It's people that have hurt me all of my life. 
And as a result of that, nobody's going to get close. As a result of that, I'm not going to have any friends. And as a result of that, I'm just going to kind of be cynical and bitter. And I just, I'm going to look at everybody like they're going to, they're going to hurt me. And so if you, if you visited Joseph in prison during this time, you may expect Joseph to be discouraged and depressed. And, but that's not Joseph. We pick up the story, Genesis chapter 40, verse 1. And, 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 and he says this. He says, Sometime after this, the cupbearer of the king of Egypt and his baker committed an offense against their lord, the, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker. And he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard appointed Joseph to be with them, and, and he attended them. And they continued for some time in custody. All through Joseph's life, he remained faithful. All through his life, he, just, he, just came, he, he simply just would, would, would do the next thing. In fact, as you see over and over in Scripture in Joseph's story, that the Lord was with him, the Lord was with him. Genesis chapter 39, we'll, we'll go back and we'll pick that story up later in this series. But, but he's in prison and, and the warden puts him in charge of, 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 of many prisoners and gives him a lot of authority. And the scripture continually says, and the Lord was with him. I mean, wherever Joseph was, he was just that kind of a guy. He just did the right thing. He did the next thing. He was that faithful person. I mean, he was a model slave and Joseph was a model prisoner as well. He was one, listen, he was one of those individuals that had so much talent that regardless of what he touched, it just, it went well. Regardless of what he did, it was just it's successful. And so Joseph served the Lord faithfully in, 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 as a slave and in prison. And so the first thing is this, is you have to come to the place where you love faithfulness. And say, Lord, whatever I walk through, in my family, in my career, in the community, in ministry, Lord, I'm just simply going to be faithful to you and I'm going to do the next thing. The second thing is this, you have to love people. You have to love people. You have to come to that place to understand, guess what? People are imperfect, and they are going to let you down. Joseph understood that in his life. And so Genesis chapter 40, verse 4, it says, The captain of the guard appointed Joseph to be with them, and he attended them. They continued for some time in custody. And one night they both dreamed the cupbearer and the baker of, of the king of Egypt. Now, the, the baker was like, like the king chef and the, the cupbearer, just so we're tracking this morning, was, was the guy. He was like the wine taster. And so in, in their days, uh, the, the number one, they were, they were like the secret service to the president, if you will. In their day, the number one way, the most common way to assassinate a king was to either poison their wine or poison their food. And so as a result of that, the king would take two of his most trusted guys and put them in charge of the food and put them in charge of the wine. And then, I mean, these, these were like his most trusted assistants. Now, they did something wrong. I mean, we're, we're going to find out later it was the baker. We'll, we'll get to that. And so those guys did something wrong. And so, they, listen, this is just my personal opinion. So take it for what it is. I honestly think what they did wrong is the baker decided, King, you need to start eating healthy. You need a healthy diet. No more cheeseburgers for you. No more fried food for you. Uh, you're you're going to go vegan. You're going to go plant-based. And, and you're, you're going to change your diet. And as a result of that, he says, prison for you. That is just, that is my, that, that is my personal opinion. So, so these two guys, they're in prison. And they, they, have, they have a dream. And so remember, Joseph's spiritual gift is like interpreting, interpreting dreams. Now, let's just stop and just, just understand dreams. So in the Old Testament, 
the most, one of the common ways that God would communicate to people in the Old Testament was through a dream. And so it was a supernatural dream. Uh, the, the, the person that received the dream, it was vivid. It was a strong vision. And they knew it was supernatural. They knew it was from the Lord. So I just want to caution you. That was the Old Testament. So please, please, please do not try to interpret every crazy dream you have as having meaning or from the Lord, right? Uh, it, it may be a bad burrito. It may be pizza. It, it may be something, right? It may be something you've eaten. So, so all of a sudden they have this dream. Verse 6. When Joseph came to them in the morning. This is just amazing. Watch this. You're going to understand his love of people. He saw that they were troubled. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in custody in his master's house. Amazing question. Joseph is only 28 years old at this time. Why are your faces downcast today? Can you imagine this? Joseph is in pain. Joseph has been unfairly treated. Joseph is suffering. And all of a sudden, people have heard him his whole life, and all of a sudden, he... He turns to these guys and he asks them that question. He says, hey, can I ask you, why are you down? Why are you hurting? Why are you discouraged? Listen, Joseph continued to love people, even though it was people who hurt him. Joseph continued to love people. I mean, Joseph was this guy at 28 years of age, and something is happening. And we're going to talk about some of the things that needed to go in Joseph's life. And that's what difficulty did. It's clear to see when you look back over Joseph's life that God was building something in Joseph so God could use him for a greater cause or for, uh, for in, in, a, in a greater way in the coming days. And as a result of that, result of that God knew, to, knew that these things needed to go. And so all of a sudden, Joseph continues to love people. Joseph had this ability. He didn't. He didn't just see his hurt. He saw the hurt of people around him. Man, there's been times, I'm just being honest, that I've gone through suffering and I've gone through difficulty, and the only pain I could see was my pain. The only pain I cared about was my pain. And there could be pain all around me, you know what I cared about? I, I just cared about my pain. Can I tell you this is why families struggle so often where there's a, a diagnosis of a terminal illness, the, the, loss of a, the loss of a loved one or loss of a job or something traumatic that a family goes through? This is why families struggle during these seasons and these times because you know why? Each family member, they can only see their pain. And it's hard for them to see somebody else's pain. Joseph was this guy that is in deep... I mean unfairly treated and he looks at these guys and he simply says why, why are you discouraged why man, man, why 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 are you hurting just just verse 8 and in Genesis chapter 40 and all of a sudden and so they 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 answer they answer this question and they said and so they 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 said to him uh, we have had dreams and there is no one to interpret them and Joseph said to them do not interpretations belong to God? Please tell them to me. See, Joseph is still faithful to God. Joseph is, listen, Joseph is still doing ministry and difficulty. See, there's a lot of people, when a lot of, a lot of people are discouraged, God, I'm done. 
I'm done serving you in the local church. I'm done doing ministry. I'm done helping other people. They're the ones that had hurt me. I'm just done. Not Joseph. Joseph still loves people. He still cares about people. Oh, and you, you see God building some things in his life. If you remember early in his life when God gave him dreams that, that Joseph was a little prideful or arrogant, that he could interpret dreams, now all of a sudden something's happening. You can see God building something in Joseph's life. Joseph just makes that statement. Don't interpretations belong to God? In other words, they, they don't belong to me. I mean, the, the, this is, this is, this is a, a, spiritual, a spiritual thing. And all of a sudden, Joseph says, says, I can interpret these for you. The third thing is this. You not only love, love, love faithfulness, you not only love people, you have to love truth. When you have to come to the place that, you know what, you, just, you, just, you love truth. Uh, verse 9. So the chief cupbearer told his dreams to Joseph and said to him, In my dream... There is a vine before me, and on the vine there were three branches. As soon as it budded, its blossoms shot forth, and the clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand. I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. Then Joseph said to him, Then this is its interpretation. The three branches are three days. In three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your office. And you shall place Pharaoh's cup in his hand as formerly when you were his cupbearer. And so all of a sudden, you realize that, guess what? God did not remove from Joseph the spiritual gift of interpreting dreams. Uh, Joseph is still using his, his, his spiritual gift. He's still doing ministry. He still, he still loves people. He, has, he hasn't pulled back. In other words, Joseph still, still just simply walked with God. Joseph, Joseph loved faithfulness. Joseph loved people. Uh, Joseph loved the truth. I mean, Joseph was like this, this faithful guy. I mean, can you imagine, honestly, can you imagine how hard it was for Joseph to say you're getting out of here? I mean, that, that, that was Joseph's dream, right? Joseph was unfairly treated. He felt the circumstances were unfair. And now all of a sudden he is celebrating that someone is getting a blessing that he wants. It's amazing about Joseph. Joseph wanted more than anything in the world to get out of there. And, and, but remember, dreams, dreams were from God, and, and, and Joseph ch told the truth about how he felt. And, and so, so watch this. I, I just want you to see this. I mean, there's something about emotional, healthy spirituality and emotional, healthy emotions. And one of those things is, is just to be able to tell the truth in love, just to be able to tell people where they stand. I don't know about you, but I, I feel more comfortable around people. They can just simply tell the truth, but tell the truth in love. Uh, that what you see is what you get, and they're honest with you. Joseph was this type of a guy. Uh, verse 14, so he tells the guy, he says, Only remember me when it is well with you, and please do me the kindness to mention me to Pharaoh. And so, so get me out of here. Like, get me out of the house. I mean, I don't deserve to be here. I think this is just so honest. This is so transparent. For I was indeed stolen out of the land of the Hebrews. He's just stating truth. And here also I have done nothing that they should put me into the pit. I mean, he, in other words, Joseph wasn't like one of these pious Christians. You ever been around a pious Christian that they're in difficult circumstances? They say, well, I'm just in prison, and this is where the Lord wants me, and I'm perfectly happy here. I'm perfectly content. And whenever God wants me out, that would be just good with me. And they, like, deny their emotions, and they deny their feelings. Nobody believes stuff like that, right? See, Joseph was this guy that was honest. Joseph was honest with his emotions. He was honest with his feelings. And he said, you know what? One favor. 
just remember me when you get out. Just, would you just tell Pharaoh that I'm here? Would you just remind him that I'm here? Do you just remind him that this is unfair? Would you do anything to help me? Verse 16. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was favorable, he said to Joseph. So he's probably carrying some guilt. He's probably afraid to, to tell his dream. He said, I also had a dream. There were three cake baskets on my head. And in the uppermost basket, there were all sorts of baked food for Pharaoh. But the birds were eating it out of the basket on my head. Now listen, Joseph has a dream of interpretation. He knows immediately what that means. He knew that the, the baker was guilty. It was over the cheeseburger, right? The baker is guilty. The baker is at fault. And he, he knows immediately, oh, in three days, you're going to die. In three days, you're going to be executed for what you've done. Because it's, it's, it's your fault. But Joseph loved people. He also loved truth. Now, I think I would be a little tempted when I knew the results of, you know, when I knew the interpretation of the, the, the guy's dream. I think I would tell him, you know what, buddy? This is a really hard dream to interpret. So I'm going to pray for three days, come back on day four, and I'll tell you the, I'll tell you the dream, right? <laughs> Knowing that I'll never have to say anything to him, but not Joseph. I mean, Joseph was this guy that he, that he simply, he looked at him and he says, buddy, you have three days. Get your life in order. Because he understood when you speak the truth in love, you're loving people. The last thing that you have to love when you go through difficulty is you have to love God. You have to love God. Look at this, verse 20. On the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he made a feast for all his servants and lifted up the head of the chief cupbearer and the head of the chief baker among his servants. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position, and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. Exactly how Joseph interpreted the dream. Verse 22, but he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to him. Yet the chief cupbearer, watch this, did not remember Joseph. but forgot him. God encouraged Joseph when those dreams came true, and Joseph had to have known that God was not done with him, that God's hand was still on him, but the problem was the one long shot that Joseph had of, of a pardon or getting out of here was, was lost. It's, it's amazing to me how long we can remember an offense, and how quickly we forget a favor, how quickly we forget a blessing. I mean, for the, the cupbearer, it's like it never happened. His cupbearer, it's like he didn't even know Joseph. Fact is, Joseph would have to stay in prison two more years. Not until Genesis chapter 41, verse 41, or verse 1, that Joseph, Joseph gets out. Joseph was in prison for two more years. And you know, you know who remembered Joseph? Was it really the, 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 the cupbearer? It was God. God came to the cupbearer and says, remember Joseph? Maybe you need to tell Pharaoh about Joseph. I mean, remember, Joseph is in prison. And he's thinking he's getting out. He's thinking the cupbearer will help him. And then, then the cupbearer forgets him. And it's two more long years. Joseph doesn't have the book of Genesis like we do. And Joseph couldn't flip and read ahead and find out how it's going to end for him. There was no Gideon Bibles in their prisons in those days. And so he didn't have a Bible. He didn't have access to that. 
He couldn't figure out what was going to happen. I mean, Joseph didn't know how much longer he was going to be there. Can I tell you, for me, and maybe for many of you, the most difficult thing of suffering, the most difficult thing of discouragement, the most difficult thing of the wilderness is we do not know how long it's going to last, right? Man, if we know it's only going to last six months, it's only going to last a year, it's only going to last a couple of years, and then, then boom, something's going to happen. If we know that, we can, in our mind, we can say, I can suck it up and I can gut through this for six months. I can gut through this for a year. Or I can gut through this for two years because I know there's an answer coming. I know there's light at the end of the tunnel. That's the difficult thing about the wilderness. That's the difficult thing about discouragement. That's why it's so important for you and I to continue to do the next thing. Continue to be faithful. To continue to understand that, guess what? God, God is with you. Regardless of your situation or circumstance today, based upon his word, he is with you. He is with you. And when you love faithfulness and you love people and you love truth and you love God and you continue to do the next thing, I'm here to tell you this morning that you can do the next thing right out of your difficulty. A lot of times, a lot of times when we go through difficulty, we just pray, God, remove this difficulty from us. And he desires not to take the difficulty from us, but take us through the difficulty to build something in us, to develop something in us. Regardless of the difficulty you're in, situation you're in, would you just trust him and not pull back? Set your face as flint and do the next thing. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes?